Welcome back to the Movie Brew. This is a podcast about British film and British filmmakers. I'm joined always as my ho- with my co-host Lester Gartland. Here I am. There you are. Right here. We're here. I was here all along. <laughs> right, um, right under your nose. <laughs> just, just <laughs> creeping in without me knowing. Going straight for that microphone. Um. So we're here. We're going to be talking about Annihilation. Yep. Alex Garland's uh second feature film mm. that he directed uh, made a few movies before then with the old DB Danny Boyle we talked about him before yeah uh, wrote Sunshine yeah which uh, we will be doing some fun little comparisons or things with that we might mm. uh, might bring up mm. might bring up a little couple of just well, just one point really, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be bringing a lot. Well, a couple uh, ones. Stay tuned for Singular. that tidbit. Um, but yeah, so a lot of fun, lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so let's should we give it a little summary? Just jump into yeah, it I've with got, initial thoughts and things. I've got the summary here. Um, so Annihilation is a 2018 film. An adventure, drama, horror. I'd probably put sci-fi in there as well. I don't know why it's 100%. not in there. One hundred percent. Not really sure why it's not Love listed as that. Lovecraftian sci-fi. Horror. Yeah. Um. And the basically plot summary is: a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply, and that doesn't give you anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> basically, like scientist does something, go somewhere, something yeah, happens. Yeah. yeah. That is essentially all you need to know going into this movie. Yeah. Apart from Shimmers. Shimmery Shimmers. Shimmer. Shimmy Shimmy Shimmer. Yeah, it's one of those, the less you know, the better going in. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And what I really liked about the marketing of this film before it came out, I remember I was, because I I was super excited about this movie before it was coming out. Um, The trailers don't really give anything away either. uh, I don't think I ever saw any of the pre-stuff it just kind of showed up on my netflix i was like oh what's this this is cool Let's give um, a look. yeah no i was I, would, I it was one of my most anticipated movies uh of was it like 2017 2018 2018 when it came? Uh, literally literally last yeah. year and i already can't remember yeah. i think it was early last year though. um and i remember yeah it was like one of my most anticipated films i was really excited about it i saw the trailer come out and it was just like Nothing, nothing gave it like you just it, you went into it thinking it was something completely other than it was. Yeah, yeah. Just like you thought it was going to be platoon and some weird sci-fi space, but with like all female characters. At least that's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> like a sci-fi I platoon. Like the um the picture on Netflix, I didn't think that it was what it was in the film. Yeah, I thought it was like an an explosion kind of like a an action shot happening, yeah. but actually it's not that at all, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I remember first. The uh, it's one of those ones where the first watch, I enjoyed it. I found it intriguing. I didn't really get it, but it made me watch it a few times more. 
mm-hmm. and it made me do a bit of like looking into it and I was like oh this is very cool yeah um and I did some further research this time which I'll get into later looking forward to that mm. um but I I think the yeah one thing we should say if you have not watched this film First of all, it's super really easily available for anyone to watch on Netflix. Yeah, come back moment. to us after. So go watch it, come back to us after. Yeah. Because this is a very good film to watch when you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, happen. I don't want to ruin it for anyone. Nope, nope, nope. Spoilers ahead. And if you haven't seen it, definitely go and see it first, then come back to us. This is your warning. We're going to be talking spoilers. Warning. Uh, bish bash bosh. Spoilers <laughs> and arsh. Thank you, Jamie Oliver. <laughs> What was that? I don't know. <laughs> I had a thought, followed it through, regretted it instantly. Um, so, yeah. So basically, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Watch it tonight if you're listening to this in the day. And then come back and listen to us after and we'll um, talk some stuff about it. Because there is a lot to unpack. Yeah. And a lot to talk about with this movie. And we're super excited about it. Yeah, for sure. Um Controversial popular argument. Is this a British film or is this not a British film? I would argue the director is like started off from, you know, making films of Danny Boyle. Yeah. Make, uh, like it may not be funded by British means, but it's kind of a global movie in that sense because it's funded by Netflix. Mm. Uh, Alex Garland made it. He wrote it. And it's a British film because of that. Well, I think the fact that not only did he direct it, but he also wrote it. Yeah, kind of gives us, uh, you know, gives us leeway. Basically, what we're saying is that we will constantly find ways to <laughs> slither in movies that we love. Yeah, in this this tiny little niche that we have painted ourselves a corner in. <laughs> yeah, and we're just gonna we're just gonna keep yeah. telling you films are British films. Yeah, there's like a few. Um, British actors in the Marvel universe. So we're going to be covering all of those. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Galaxy no, Quest not. next week. Oh, I so wanted to do gla- Galaxy yeah, Quest. Yeah, turned out we couldn't do Galaxy Quest. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's not a British film. Um, but yeah, so yeah, lots to, lots to talk about, lots to unpack this movie. But as we've started doing with our new hot segment of reviews. Yeah. To yeah, I, I, we got to name this bit because well, like, um, uh, hate is gonna hate. That was it. That'll do. Yeah, hate is gonna hate. Coming up, uh, hate, <laughs> hate is gonna hate. Coming up right now <laughs> with the with the yeah with the reviews that we've got going on. I just want to hear what people are talking about. Yeah. Okay. So um, on IMDb, it's the general score for it is six point nine out of ten, which right. I actually found a little bit low. Yeah, that's from, pretty low. I was expecting it to be maybe an eight. That, well, you got to keep in mind, this was a massively distributed movie to a lot of people that wouldn't have gone out to seek it in the cinema. That is true. Therefore, it's the sort of film that people have just seen, oh, that looks cool, and then been like, I don't get yeah. it. This wasn't it, Platoon. Yeah. 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 This wasn't Predator. There was females carrying guns in this movie. That oh, I've, should I've, have been. <laughs> I've got one of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I've got one of those. Oh, oh mate, I've ruined it already. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, should we just jump into yeah, it? Yeah, let's just jump into it. I want to uh, hear it. Okay, hate is gonna hate. Doodle do 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 do. Bounce the uh, that's the, the that's drop the jingle. Uh, okay, so first one I've got from uh, Matt. That's it's all one word, so I'm having trouble. Oh, Matthew Silverhammer is his name. Uh, he gave it five stars, so middle of the road. Cool. Uh, ambitious disappointment. He said, 
Remember when alien movies were just about little green men or robot humanoids coming to conquer Earth? I do remember they were a bit poo. <laughs> um, Annihilation is another in a long line of modern sci-fi films to be more interested in the philosophy than the practicality of extraterrestrials. What is the practicality of extraterrestrials? <laughs> we get them to do our hoovering or... Basically... How practical he, can they be? <laughs> that person's idea of like the best sci-fi movie is like aliens playing battleships with each other or like just making a yeah. plan for two hours. I like, bet he loves Alien versus Predator. He fucking loves logistics. I bet he loves it. Uh, yeah like just big old <laughs> yeah. just like they're just sitting around on a table and they're just <laughs> planning an attack they haven't done anything they're just sitting there they're just talking about yeah. it uh, oh <laughs> god where was practicality. I practicality yeah practicality of extraterrestrials but unlike under the skin which we've covered on this podcast yes we have or Europa Report which we haven't covered on this podcast it's ponderous nature never quite reaches its point It def- it's it's definitely a metaphor for something but what Aging, marriage, dementia, time, death. Perhaps a second viewing would clear some of this up. Perhaps it would. But then I'd have to slog through this movie again. Hey. Slog. Slog. Wow. Strong words. Well, I find it pretty uh, entertaining as yeah. a whole. I mean, you're going between character development scenes to intriguing scenes. As I mean, there is very little action for this kind of film but you don't really need it. There's yeah, there's visual. not a lot of alien deaths, and I feel like that's what that person was yeah, looking for. Yeah, I think that's what he wanted. He's yeah. like, I couldn't even get to see the alien. <laughs> they didn't even die. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we just, like, we have a voice for all of these people. <laughs> they might not like sound like that at all. They oh. probably don't at all. No. Okay, next one from Aprox. Okay. With two X's, so you know he's serious. Yep, yep, yep. He, um, you can guess what uh, what score he gave, actually. I won't tell you. Okay. Uh, so, it seems that it's enough to put some fantastical visuals here and there, plus an open ending that doesn't make sense, but it is cool to make some get a little bit confused about the quality of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is trash. <laughs> all the flaws have excuses. We are experimenting the events by an unreliable source. What do you reckon? What did he give it? Out of what? It sounds like he loved it, right? What was the score out of? Uh, I think it's out of 10. Um, I would guess probably a 2 or a 3. A 0. Oh, shit. A big fat 0 from Aprox, which I'm sure Alex Garland is gutted about. (laughs) Uh, yeah, frog. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's, I mean, some little get gets confused about a movie. The, the thing, the thing is, right? You can't, you can't give a film a zero because it's a film. <laughs> like they made a film. Like yeah. the room is still a film. It's shit, but it's still a film. Yeah, it's still like a one at the minimum because yeah. they made a film. That's yeah. It's I didn't not even just know like zero was an option. Yeah, it's not just like a block of wood sitting in your living room. <laughs> You're like, this is a shit film. <laughs> yeah, um, I can think of a couple of films I would give a zero if I could. Yeah. Oh yeah. You want to voice them or you want to nope. keep it? To- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, next one. You can guess all of these. Actually, that'd be fun. Uh, this one is from someone called Bullish. Uh, vastly and understandably different from the book for both the better and worse. Uh, point one: unique scenario or enemy. I don't know how that's. Is that for the book or for the one? Uh, point two, interesting adaptation of the book. Brackets, the whole cancer angle. We'll get into that. Um, dirty gloss overlook for eventual bad CGI. I don't think the CGI is that bad. I uh, don't think that's true. 
Yeah, I don't think so. Um, next point. Non-sequential flashbacks has to be hard to follow for some. And the last one I'm going to read because it goes, oh, it goes on. Uh, but the last one, because it's in all caps, over the top unnecessary gore. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm... Like two scenes. Well, yeah. For a start, there's not really that much. No, and, no, no. And I'm very much of the school of more gore the better for me. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. You're into I didn't know you were that into it. Not like nothing like super uh you know weird. Yeah. But like a good a good action scene with a bit of like ugh, whoa. Oh mate, I've got to show you some, some body horror. After this I'm going to show you some horror movies. Well, I've I've seen society, so I am ready. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> Okay. Oh, what uh, what do you think that one? What do you think the number was on that? Uh, I'm gonna guess they were probably quite offended by the gore. They didn't give okay. it too high a score. Mm-hmm. Um, call me crazy, but I'm gonna still go between like a one and a two. I gave it a four. What? Yeah. Oh, it, it doesn't ruin really it re- that much for him, did it? Yeah, it doesn't reflect. And those were harsh words from bullish. Yeah, I think so. Bad bad CGI. I really. I mean, the CGI is not. It's not the best CGI I've ever seen, but it's not the worst. Yeah. At all. And. It it says a lot that you know. It's just this. You can see the sheer amount of work that went into the CGI. Oh yeah. I don't think I. I don't think this is the sort of CGI that's going to age like badly. No, I, I think it's going to stick so. around for a I, little it, while. It'll age a bit, but yeah. I, it's going to be one of those where you got to watch it and it's fine. You can still watch it, kind of thing. Yeah. You know. Um. You ready for the next one? I'm ready. Okay. This one is from uh, Itchy Mandrew. Cool. Or one word. I think it must be some kind of plant or something, maybe. Uh, This movie isn't just bad. It is mind-breakingly terrible. With a story even more incomprehensibly stupid than a C-grade made-for-TV from the 80s, brackets, but with worse special effects, close brackets, save yourself the waste of two hours and watch a two-star horror movie on Netflix. I guarantee you will have a better time. Literally one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my life. And that is coming from someone who has sat through an awful lot of garbage in his time. Well, that guy needs to sit and watch Zardos another time. I'll, hey. tell, you, I'll tell you that for a laugh. <laughs> you, you lay off Zardos. <laughs> yeah. Come on. What, what, come on, what, what number? Oh, mate. Out of ten. Obviously zero. Just gave it nine. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's a zero. <laughs> That's bullcrap. <laughs> I mean, nine. I don't know. Oh god, he really hated it, huh? Yeah, <laughs> they, they, that's what I mean. Is that that's the problem with wide releases of like on Netflix films. and stuff? Yeah, like Netflix. You make a film, you make a film easily accessible to everyone, mm. and the best part about it is that everyone sees it. And the bad yeah. part about it is that literally everyone, everyone sees, it. sees it. Yeah, even people that could like couldn't get it or don't get it did it have a cinema release yes it did because it was at that time that like the um the academy hadn't really settled on rules for Mm. um streaming services to win awards yeah so they were forcing netflix is like kind of their way of like kind of uh boycotting netflix from being eligible to awards was like you need a substantial or at least like a limited run uh of cinema releases in quite a few cities like mm-hmm. the major ones and so netflix would pay for these kind of screenings and these big things and i would say that this film in particular benefits from like a like a big screening i would love to see this on the big screen oh it's so good there's so much just there's so much to look at yeah yeah that's just oh it's so good yeah but. if they ever do a, a screening of it i'll, I'll be there yeah sure. 
because yeah, it was I, I I unfortunately missed it at the cinema, but yeah, I me too. Well, I didn't. It. I didn't even know it was coming out until it was out. So yeah. Uh, okay. Um, R- Rudiger. Rudiger? Rudiger? Rudiger. Rudiger. Uh, I hate this kind of movie. Everything is so artsy and pretentious. The plot is pushed back far behind... Sorry, I'll start that sentence again. (laughs) The plot is pushed back far behind ultra-feminism, SJW agenda, and gibberish philosophy. Uh... It's the kind of movie people don't admit they don't like, because otherwise they will be judged for not understanding every metaphor in it. First, a movie should tell a story. Then, only then, you can infuse uh, discrete political or philosophical messages. <laughs> not the opposite. It only makes a boring, pretentious film. <laughs> that guy only accepts political messages or metaphors only if they're discrete. Only if he doesn't yeah, yeah, realise yeah. they're coming along. Yeah, I want to be brainwashed. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I will not have. I will not be aware that you'll be sending me political messages. I'm looking at you, Brazil. <laughs> like, yeah, fucking Brazil. So Jesus Christ. Here's the thing I have with this. Right, is um, if he was talking about a film that was how he described it, I would probably be on his side because I don't want stuff like that being pushed too much in art. Yeah, there's a place for it. You know, it's kind of like with music, you have punk, which is political, and that's a, a genre. Yeah, and then you have the other stuff where, like, if you don't, re- you're not really into that stuff, you can ignore it and listen to something different. Um, but this film, uh, there's no, there's no kind of feminist agenda about it. I mean, it just so happens to have a mainly female cast. Yeah, and that's kind of explained in the um, all the all the male groups that they sent into this place before bad stuff happens to them and they're hoping that it's a biological thing and maybe females will do a bit of a better uh will better withstand it mm-hmm. um i don't really i don't see a political agenda in this film the thing is is that you're talking about how you want discrete uh metaphors and that a film should focus on a story first but the, you're well, that was the last guy the, the not you the oh okay guy. Um, oh, I want everything to be discreet. <laughs> I, I don't want to know about Rudiger. anything. Yeah, that, that was Ru- Rudiger. Rudiger. Yeah. But um, but the thing is that when you're talking about a genre like sci-fi, at its core, essentially, sci-fi is there to talk about the 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 weirdness. The reason that we talk about the weirdness in other societies or other worlds is mm. to explore the human condition. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah. And existentialism. So it's, at its at its core, it's always going to be metaphorical. Oh, it's gotcha. always going to have subliminal meaning. At least I find the best sci-fi does yeah, explores yeah, yeah. things ask, about the ask questions. Ask questions yeah. and explores things about the human condition and says maybe doesn't present answers, but presents theories and says stuff like that. So yeah, it just makes you question things. But as far as like pushing an SJW agenda, it's not in here. No, it's not. But you can't say, you know, I don't I don't want that in a film if I'm gonna watch, you know, mm. that that sort of thing. Cause then you're just you're basically just writing off an entire well, yeah, genre yeah, yeah. of like that you can't enjoy basically. Yeah, you can't yeah. just you can't just say that about this movie and then <laughs> just say, oh but you know, I still like two thousand one. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's just as existential. Yeah, like, yeah. No. I mean, I wonder if he thought Alien was a feminist agenda film just because <laughs> it had Ripley in it. You know, it's it doesn't just because there's a woman in it. It doesn't mean it's feminist. And, it's, and even you if know, it whatever, is, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's just whatever, isn't like, it? Yeah, yeah. It's just just, just calm down. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, what number do you think he he gave it? 
Um, I'm. Oh, I don't know. I'm just gonna have to go with zero again. So you gave it a one. Oh, so wow. He's actually. I mean, as much he as we reviewed it higher than the other guy. Well, as much as we kind of disagree with what he said, he's at, he, at, at least he's reviewing something properly. Yeah, it, it is a film, so it gets a one. Yeah, at least it's so, it's a, at least it's it's a completed movie. Yeah, fair play to you there. I yeah. suppose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a couple of short ones. Uh, oh my god, I did so many. I'll just do a few Fair more short ones. the men's rights activist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one's from Airy Mud. Okay. Plot holes, poor script, painfully stupid character decisions. I can't think of anything positive to say about this film. I guess the cinematography is good in some sections. So just completely... <laughs> completely did a U-turn there. Yeah, 100%. Um, 10 stars. <laughs> just a big old 10 just a uh, big fat 10 that was, that was a 3 oh was a three. and then there's one from Waffen Hermuff they all have weird names yeah uh well you know it's one of those things like when there's a lot of a big female cast it does kind of draw out some people yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah. I just I like no even if we don't review it I just want to look up the reviews on Wonder Woman or just like oh, things like God, that just yeah. to just to see the Scum that rises to the top of that fucking. Some people puddle. just want to be angry at something. Yeah, like it doesn't right? matter what they just want to be angry. Oh, it's always those sorts of things. Oh, it just annoys me. Yeah, we're not going to get into. Yeah, that. we're not getting. It. We're it's not, not that getting kind of that. podcast. No. Okay. Uh, last one. I'm going to read because I screenshotted way too many of these. Okay. Cool. Uh, it's from Waffen Hermuff, which must be some kind of funny name. Yeah. Wait. Not no, quite. Hold, hold on. What? Say that again. Waffen Hermuff. Oh, that's... and it, it's like spelt to look like a German word. Yeah. That's definitely. I mean, the word muffs in there. That's so a, that's a that's a troll account right yeah, there. He's getting at something, right? Yeah. Uh, garbage. This is not sci-fi. It's it, it is sci-fi like Star Trek is sci-fi. Okay. Uh, I.e., it is pure garbage fantasy. Star Trek is sci-fi. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's, it's sci-fi what? like Star Trek. It's sci-fi in the sense that it's sci-fi. Star Trek is arguably more sci-fi than this film it's so logistical it's in space it's the sort of <laughs> yeah it's the sort of film that the first guy would have loved there's so much <laughs> yeah. planning involved yeah uh okay get, come on give me a number and then and then we'll we'll get into Ooh, the... i don't know four or one you gave Ooh. it one as well give it one as well oh you know i'll just do the last one because it's all right go we've on. got one last short one go on from tony 1984 hey i'm tony hey, tony. tony i was born in 1984 uh, this, uh, I I command you to to read that oh, review oh. in that accent now. Oh, it's gonna be bad. I, you got to do it now. You've done it. <laughs> yeah, okay. here, here you go. So, Tony from 1984 says this was a struggle to watch. Tedious and pretentious naval grazing cinema at its finest. Boring, so boring I couldn't get to the end. Don't know or care how it finished. Life is too short for this nonsense. Zero points. <laughs> So how many points do you think he gave it? Zero, <laughs> zero big old zero. <laughs> zero points. Yeah, oh, I love it. I loved it so much. I'm sorry to anyone uh, who I just just massacred their accent, their accent. I think you went into a Awful. bit of a Boston accent at some uh, point. Just like, all just over the place. Yeah. Just all over the place. I loved it. Just East Coast generic man. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> traveled just, during yeah. that sentence. Yeah. Like, it's like he was like if Bill Burr was Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the one uh, we go, we're gonna get into this yeah let's go let's go okay let's right. go. where do you, you want to where do you want to go first what do you want to do you want to do scenes um yeah i think just before we do scenes we should 
perhaps just paint a little bit more of a picture of the actual. Yeah, that's not a bad plan. The the, the story, the synopsis, because mm-hmm. uh, we basically have just said scientists. Yeah, it gave you nothing. something happens. They go somewhere. Something happens. Yeah. Um. So we'll paint a little picture, but be warned. Spoilers. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um. Natalie Portman, biologist. Yeah. Like retired army person. Vet. Yeah, she's got some military uh, experience. Yes. Um, uh, goes, uh, essentially, yeah, uh, thinks her husband has gone missing. Well, uh, let's, killed let's, in action. let's backpedal a little bit before that. So yeah, I was wondering where to start. So like, I think it's like three years before this film starts, a meteorite hits Earth and it creates this big, strange area yep. called Area X that is expanding. Yeah. Um, and it hits, I think it's just like near Florida where it hits. Yeah. And it's expanding and it's got this weird kind of force field thing around it and it's just growing and growing and growing and there's people trying to figure out what it is. Her husband was in the military and, and went in like on a mission in there. Yeah. He's disappeared uh, and she hasn't seen him for a year, presumed dead in action. Mm-hmm. Um, so he arrives. Mm-hmm. Um, he's back. He's back one day and then... Um, gets sick and she wakes up in a facility um, that's picked him up. Mm-hmm. The husband is still ill and she gets sent out to investigate this uh, kind of holographic es- expanse, this kind of mm. shimmery expanse. Yeah, they call it the shimmer. They call it the shimmer. It looks like, um, you know, when you see like oil on water yeah, and like all the colors kind of are refracting through it. It looks like that, like as a wall around yeah. this area, like a basically. giant moving prism. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah, so all the all the colors of the shimmery translucent rainbow expand. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So she's sent in. She's evaluated by a weird, cold Jennifer Jason Lee, mm-hmm. um, Doctor Ventress. Ventress. Um, so yeah, so. Then she's sent out and she goes uh, with a team that she meets to investigate it and check it out. And that's pretty much, without spoiling anything, all you need to know. Well, yeah. with spoiling stuff, but... Yeah. Um, bare minimum of spoilers, that's all you need to know. Yeah. They're, they're trying to get to the center of it where the meteor hit, yeah. basically, and be like, what Gather the hell? data, see yeah. what it's about, find out what's going on, come back. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so scenes. Let's jump in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got here my first and favorite scene is the um, montage of the alien cell arriving. Oh my god! Um, set to the um, acoustic score that they've got going on. Yeah, uh, which is a refrain nice. that comes through at like quite important points of the film, and that montage of just the the kind of cell just crashing into the lighthouse looking at all these kind of different things that are going on these different um shots of things growing and things changing um as this thing is landing it's just oh it's so beautiful it's really good i like um like you said the music in the in the it, the the uh soundtrack utilizes all sorts of instruments and it chooses them carefully like it has the acoustic guitar when there's something sort of more organic happening. Yeah. And then when there's things a bit more alien happening, you get more like synthy sounds and yeah. this kind of, it's just really well uh, matched with the scenes. And yeah. It's, it's you, you can always tell when there's been some real hard thought into a 
into a soundtrack yeah. going on because you, you just pick up and you're like, oh, wow, it's so that good. That totally works. Yeah. And there's even, they've even fit it to a mood as well. Like there's mm. only, there's that I can pick out, there's only one song that's synced the, to this entire movie and that's the Crosby, Stills and Nash song. Yeah. And it's utilized in a way to not only kind of make you feel at home in certain scenes, but make you feel isolated and alien and kind of creeped out by certain things just by the like times in which that comes up Mm. and that you hear it. It just feels a bit. Yeah. And it all feeds into the the theories. Oh, it sure does. Um, But yeah, so that's my first one. Um, So I've got mine. um, Well, I've, I've got mine sort of chronologically. Cool. So after that, what I've got is it cuts to uh, Natalie Portman's character, Lena. Um, she's doing like a um, like a class or something. She's like holding a, a session and she's ex- basically explaining how uh, tumor cells or, or cancer cells work. Yeah. And she's explaining that they uh, like multiply and they latch on and they take over. And I mean, that theme is throughout the film. Uh, the shimmer is representative of a tumor on the world. It's yeah. Uh, so that's like a, a big one for me just to kind of, it, it just drops you straight in and it's like, okay, here's a, here's an explanation of something and yeah. you'll find that useful in a minute. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's kind of, I mean, w- when people were saying like in those reviews, Oh, it's arty pretentious stuff. Like, you know, so yeah, some of the shots are kind of arty and very visual and stuff like that, but there is enough exposition to keep you going as well. It's not just, um, you know, it's not just crazy scenes going on that, don't make any sense there is there is stuff in there and there's a real story in there and there's arguably multiple stories in there yeah definitely there's yeah there's just so much going on and there's uh there's such a sense that it's it's it, i don't find it over pretentious and i don't find it over expo- so. expository either because no. they're not they're not over explaining stuff i don't want to be uh i don't want my hand held through a film yeah I, I like to be, I like to know what's going on. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, I like to be able to kind of put some of the pieces together myself. This is why you love Sardos. So it really is. <laughs> that was a big old puzzle for me. Yeah. <laughs> a little jigsaw you were going out for ages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Like, like having a bit of thought and just kind of thinking about it. And this is definitely on a first viewing. This is something you're going to be thinking about for a while. Yeah, the first viewing I didn't pick up on half the stuff I should have. It, it definitely garners a, a couple of viewings, yeah. but it is worth it. And it's one that sticks sticks with you mm-hmm. after a couple of viewings, and after the first viewing at least. Um, yeah. So what's your what's what's your your next one? Um, so well, I've just kind of got like more like foreshadowing things. Really, I guess the the next one that's big for me is. Um, their first entry into the shimmer, unless you got one before that. Um, now I've just got the, um, different ones. Like I just, the, the, the flashbacks throughout of mm. like remembering the husband, the listening to the Crosby cells and Nash, the yeah. things that are just that. Yeah. That's that song just keep coming back. And those, that kind of whole, flashback sequence in a sense yeah with the exception of one um is a it's weird it's kind of a completely different story yeah threaded through uh the same the same sort of story because it's 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 all prior to any of this happening yeah which is something that i didn't pick up on i thought it was mixed timelines 
flashbacks. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of in the moment she's remembering a particular moment when this happened, a particular moment when this happened. Mm. But it's not. It's kind of telling a different story, a linear story. Yeah, it's giving you a bit of background on her character. Kind of like Memento. You know, mm. black and, like, there were black and white bits that were going forward, yeah. and the rest of the movie was going backwards. Yeah. So yeah. where am I? I'm on a bed. Uh, looks like a motel. Oh my God, we've got to do that film. <laughs> we, is it English? He's Chris Nolan. Oh, sweet. We've got to do it. <laughs> I love that film. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I uh, just wanted to mention before we get a bit further in, so she gets... Um, so her husband comes back. He's kind of acting odd. Yeah. Um, and they have like a little kind of conversation over the kitchen table. They hold hands. I'll get back to that later. And then he drinks some water, starts spitting up blood. They call an ambulance. And then she wakes up in this military facility yeah. where he is. And they, they um, sedated her and brought her there as well. Yeah. Um, when she wakes up, Dr. Ventress comes in. Uh, to kind of analyse her. Most apathetic doctor yeah. you've very, ever met. Very sort of robotic. Yeah. Um, she hands her a water bottle. And for me, that, uh, I feel like, you know, the water bottle is like a test of like, oh, can she drink the water? But it may, it reminded me of, you know, like the ending of the thing. Yeah. Where he hands him the drink. Yeah. And then it cuts before he drinks it or not because he was like trying to figure out are you the, the thing or are you Keith David or uh, no it's Kurt Russell that hands the drink right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it just reminded me of that I was like ah oh, that's a cool oh little God. little nod if it's I love a thing so the much the thing is so good uh, why are we doing a <laughs> podcast about the thing it's another Lovecrafty one we can man do. we could totally we could totally just start up another podcast where we just watch John Carpenter films <laughs> yeah. you would fucking love that I'd be all over it um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was a nice little nod if if it was an intentional one, and I think it probably was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that kind of cool. I just like that. So good. Um, so yeah, so after that, what, like, they they kind of introduce, the, the the group introduces themselves. We'll go into their characters sort of while we talk about it. We won't kind of bore you by going through them one by one. Um, and then they go into the shimmer. Yeah. Um, so they step into the, the like, oil wall. <laughs> thingy and then it just cuts to them waking up right just briefly here i'm mm. gonna jump in with some yeah, techie yeah. stuff oh yeah please do. right um so i'm not gonna notice it uh <laughs> this yeah so just a couple of things that i just picked up on as we were watching this movie is that alex garland directs the shit out of this film it's a lot of it's good shots. so good yeah. um it's extremely confident for someone who's just directing the second movie mm. the way that um, certain camera angles uh, shot and are picked out. I mean, there are there are so many slow pushes in this film. Mm. Just kind of slow dolly moves in and you don't even realise it's happening because it's over a conversation of two people talking or over just establishing an area and it's just like a slow push in. And it gradually as the, films go, the film goes on and shit starts getting crazier, the camera moves start getting a bit more quicker and a bit more frantic and mm. just like not not particularly shaky but noticeable yeah and confident whereas and they're quite sub- they're quite subtle at the start yeah and it's it's all kind of bringing you into this world and i i kind of see it as like as like him winding the tension yeah, you know, yeah, of, definitely. of the film, it's just kind of more like unease, the quicker it goes. It's and... all, it's all setting the place. It's all telling you something's happening. So yeah. This is important. 
Um, but yeah, that just those little those little push ins, those little tidbits there are just absolutely love them. Yeah, absolutely love them. And also, like they were talking about in some of the reviews to do with the um, visual effects in this film, they're so good in my opinion. Like. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing and there's there's actually some like youtube channels and stuff where you can watch um kind of breakdowns of how they made the shimmer and how you oh, could cool. recreate that in your own sort of films if you wanted to do sort of um a similar sort of effect yeah and it's absolutely it's 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 so interesting just like the color breakdown the refractions things that are involved it's just oh yeah so good <laughs> love it yeah there's yeah there's a very good bring up all the technical stuff you can because I'm not the technical one here. That so was the, just, just jump in with it whenever I go too far. <laughs> uh, so they enter the shimmer, yeah, and then um, they basically they black out and then they wake up in their tents that are all set up, yeah, and they're like, oh, uh, do you remember setting up camp? And no one remembers. Um, they they look at their rations and they're like, well, judging by how much we've eaten, we've been here for probably about six days already. And it they they feel like they've just entered. So time, n- like nothing works the same in, in this thing. Like even time, um, but your biology is just out the window. Um, there's loads of crazy stuff going on. Uh, but that's kind of the first like odd thing that they're confronted with straight away is the, the time is shifting in ways that they can't really comprehend. And jumping in here again with the ways the way that that's represented thematically or not not thematically but method methodically mm-hmm. throughout the film is that with the editing so you yeah. don't you never know what what like when you are throughout yeah, yeah. the film it's not chronological like that scenes will suddenly cut out and then you'll just cut to black and then you'll wake up somewhere else and before you can even get into the scene you'll be asked the question of how did we get here yeah. Where are we? And that's all part of that loss yeah, of time, kind of loss that's of sense. How, that's how they're feeling. Feeling as and well, it's all, yeah. Yeah, it's all getting there. All the flashbacks, you know, to kind of um, tell a certain story. It's all to do with the kind of disorientation of what this shimmer does. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's pretty cool. Pretty clever. Pretty clever. Nice way of editing. Stitching. Yeah. Stitching that all together. Nice. Very good. Double thumbs up. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, they kind of explore the world and they notice that, you know, biology is not good. There's like plants that have all different species of flowers on the same plant. They're like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, so then the next big scene, unless you've got anything before it, would be the alligator one. Yeah. Yeah. Be about. Yeah. Um, where they, they're first confronted with a living thing. Mm-hmm. In in this place, and which one of them gets pulled pulled away by? It? I can't remember. Uh, that would be Josie. So okay, Josie, the uh, physicist. She's Tessa just Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Yeah, there's a, a few of them have been in Marvel films. In yeah, film. just a couple. Um, yeah. So she's uh like quite a young physicist. She just got out of uni, right? Um, <laughs> that's the one thing we we that's our one little nitpick. Oh yeah, is, the one nitpick about this film as they're entering the shimmer. So you get all this, all the the backstories of all the all the um, oh, characters before they go in, kind of like Predator. Like they have all that; they're all on the helicopter, and they're and they've like, they've all got it, a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there's the guy that just like spits, and he's horrible, and then you you like you you know him straight away. Um, but that's the thing about sci-fi films is that you don't set ne- up quick. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that you don't because because you're there to explore theme rather than 
character and use yeah. the use the subject of the genre to kind of explore the psyche of the human condition or whatever, you can get away with quite kind of um how do I say uh, less complex characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the supporting characters in there, they all like their their whole thing is that their whole shtick is that they, they all have a thing. Yeah, they have a separate they all have a separate profession that'll be useful in the mission. And a thing that's keeping them yeah. doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um but the one thing we picked up on is when they're entering the shimmer, there's a shot of them. It's the shots facing them and they're all walking through and they they've all got like assault rifles. Yeah. And all the rest of them have military background. We're like, yeah. And then we noticed, Oh, Tessa Thompson's character is holding. She's just got out of uni. And they just, just did a put her in a assault yeah. rifle. <laughs> she literally got there two months ago, 10 months ago, whatever. <laughs> and, um, she just did a post up and then just went straight yeah. there. The physicist. And just walking into the shimmer, yeah. carrying an assault rifle. Yeah, like, like Here, here's an AK. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Here's an M16. You sure? Like, <laughs> you you sure? Okay, yeah. that was like the one little nitpick. Yeah, I mean, it can easily be explained away. I just we just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, it was quite. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um. So anyway, back to the alligator scene. Alligator, the gators. So they're just kind of exploring at this point, and they come across a um. It's like a lake, right? Yeah. Like a lake or a river. There must be a river if there's an alligator in there. Right? Yeah, it was a a, a lake. I would say. I it, yeah, it's not. It's it not really that much of a stream. It's like a little a river, a little boathouse there. Yeah. Um. Basically, Josie gets pulled into the water. Swamp. Ah, very Swampy good. Water. Swampy. Yeah. She gets. Oh, it's Florida. Yeah, yeah. Of course it is. Um. Yeah. She gets pulled into the water by this alligator. There's a big old attack. There's a bit of action. Um. They manage to uh, kill the alligator and then they can have a good look at it. And it's got like concentric rows of teeth like a shark would have, uh, which implies that, you know, this this stuff, whatever it is, has been in contact with stuff further into the sea as well, which mm-hmm. checks out because it landed on a lighthouse, lighthouse by the coast. So half of the area it's covering, because it expands outwards sort of like a circle, um, half the area it's covering is the sea. Yeah. So checks out, right? Um, so it just kind of shows you that the 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 weird kind of alien stuff happening here is taking influence from everything it can grab onto and just mashing it up into whatever it can. It's kind of like sort of like forced evolution. Yeah. And it's just kind of mutating everything uh just with no real rhyme or reason just mutating it seeing seeing what's going on, seeing what sticks and and just just yeah, weird stuff going on. Yeah. Um but that seems really good cuz that's the first kind of um, bit of sort of horror you get in the film, you know. There's like a it's kind of like a jumpy bit, um, which is nice because it is kind of like slow shots and stuff. And then when that happens, you are like, whoa, yeah, oh my god, because it it's, it lulls <laughs> you into that full sense of security. You think there's yeah. gonna be a big build up. Yeah, they're going. They're somewhere. looking at flowers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is nice. Oh no, yeah. there's an alligator. Yeah. yeah, yeah, straight away. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what have you got after that? Um. So I'm just going to just jump in with another little, I'm going to sprinkle these out, these little techie bits I've got. And this might be the last one. I don't know. But, um, so I wanted to bring up, um, particularly the way they shot this film Mm -hmm. and, uh, what Alex Garland does with his flares. Cause there are so many flares in this film. And look, there's so many shots of like, sunlight or like sunsets or things that are going on and they're all just all these lights are like 
flaring the lens up super, super much. Yeah. And it's really cool, like, the way they're shot, particularly in that that bit, the, just as they're finding the house, there's one, um, there's another shot a little bit later as they're going in, and that's all done using um, these old-school anamorphic lenses that they've got, mm. where they're, like, um, they basically uh, used, like, They've got these super, super wide lenses, right? Yeah. And they use these anamorphic lenses that show sort of a vertically image. Okay. And then you, it's kind of, if the reason it's kind of stretches out like that is because it squeezes all the information to get uh, together. So you've got like a kind of squeezed image like that and everything's a bit stretchy and a bit lanky. Mm-hmm. And then you, sque- then you de-squeeze it. Yeah, after the fact, out to fit the aspect ratio, and you stretch it out. You, yeah, you stretch out the the kind of uh, you, yeah, basically de-squeeze the shot and stuff, and you get all that information in kind of that letterbox vertical mm. line type thing. And those are the kind of shots and that sort of thing that they do throughout the film with kind of the shots that they're going into the shimmer, and it just gives that kind of expanse yeah type feel and that look, and it also gives all of those lens flares that we've got going on. Throughout the film, it seems to be used um, like the the use of light in the scenes. It seems to be whenever there's new information that they're discovering. Yeah, as well, it's kind of tied in with that. It's a, a visual cue of like, oh, their eyes have been opened a bit more. Something's going on. Yeah, yeah totally. And it's like uh, at particularly story changing, like choice changing points in the film, it mm-hmm. will be like expanse and you will see all of this stuff it's really cool jj abrams uses lens flares a lot does yeah. a lot of that, that sort of stuff um i was comparing it to alex garland's kind of last uh hurrah with uh danny boyle in sunshine and kind mm. of using like i was talking about with the way that those things are shot before um you comparing the two kind of directing styles because i thought it was fun i thought it was interesting to yeah. kind of look at the way these two people who there was a lot of, you know, sunlight and sort of things portrayed in both movies, but the way that Danny Boyle did it was completely different. To it was a lot more frank, frantic, a lot more kind of crazy uh, stuff that's going on. And you can kind of see the kind of slow build. You just leave this guy to his own devices yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just going to craft together just a deeper meaning for some sort of story. It's just yeah. real good. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. So, yeah, lens flares. I'm a big old fan of long shots. Yeah. All the time. Um, so, what's the next scene I've got in my notes? I'm going to say it verbatim. I've put mess hall, snake and bake. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, there is one scene I wanted to talk about before the yeah, snake and go bake. Ahead. Uh, although I did love the snake and bake. We had a lot of laugh about that. Um, the, as, uh, I wrote it as boat survivor's guilt. Um, mm. where Natalie Portman and oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shepard uh, are mm. in the boat. They just talk, they start talking about how everyone has a thing that's keeping them and taking them to to the to the shimmer, and they start talking about all all the things that they've lost. And there's a particular line she says where it's like she's lost a child. Shepard has lost a child, and that's why she's kind of feels like she's lost it's all about it's all about kind of self-destructions yeah it's a big theme in this film um but yeah it's like the two bereavements that she said she has like one a bereavement loss for her child and one for the person that she used to be yeah i found that quite yeah it can like like very yeah um like 
very pinpointing and emotionally like on point with what that was trying to say and also kind of fitting into the theme of kind of mutation yeah just like change yeah yeah of course and evolution of just the death of one thing becoming another i thought was yeah very interesting and a little point i just wanted to throw in there yeah no that's that's a very good point yeah um yeah it's very like nice concise but profound way of of uh explaining that kind of thing yeah. as well because it does it does change people anyway we won't get into that um yeah so after that so they take take a boat down uh the bayou i don't know if florida has a bayou yeah <laughs> i just go wanted straight to down say, to the bayou i just wanted to say and bayou. We find <laughs> a little old mess hall snaky door flap yeah so they find wake this and, is, wake it snake and bake snake and bake shake it snake it bake it <laughs> shake it snake it bake it door flap <laughs> they um find where the uh previous group uh was spending most of their time in this military mess hall uh, they find that they were guarding it. This is the group that included Kane, which is Lena's husband. Yeah, played by Oscar Isaac. Played by Oscar Isaac. And um, they find a videotape. Yeah. And before, I'm going to let you explain what was on the videotape, but before you do, I just want to note out for my later things that the, the note on the tape wasn't just like, you know, the date or, uh, I don't know, Oh my oh my goodness, what's going on? It it said for oh, those, those that follow, follow. which yeah. uh will be important in my ridiculous theory later. Wonderful. Can't wait. So what what happens on the tape, Tarek? Uh well, on the tape we've got a nice picture of uh, a guy a little bit freaking out. Everyone bit. looks a bit mad. Yeah. Like they've um yeah, just like all they're either all high off something. You can see their eyes are just a bit weird. And uh, on the tape, you've got one of the one of the comrades, people that are in the uh, uh, they're in there, kind of shirtless and kind of hyperventilating. Oscar Isaac comes in, looks at the camera, shows his pocket knife, and then just starts. He's like checks in with the guys, like, "Does this okay? You sure you want to do this?" And the guys like, "Yes, yes, 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 yes." So he just starts cutting, and then just cutting, cutting, cuts open his belly, cuts open his belly. With a little door flap, hence why we called it um, snake and bake door flap. Um, Unnecessary and, gore. Yeah, so <laughs> pulls back the belly flap. <laughs> the belly yeah. door. The cat flap. The cat flap. Yeah. <laughs> the, sli- yeah the, the rectangular cat flap of a belly. The snake hole. And, yeah. um, and then you see the inside is his intestines, but they're kind of like thick snake anacondic-like moving yeah. shimmery ness yeah they're just kind of moving around like they're they're alive thing yeah yeah completely and and he's like his belly's completely cut open but he's still conscious and fine and just like whoa yeah they're all looking at yeah how crazy this is kane puts his hand in there yeah he's like like, whoa look at this yeah and like they sick dude yeah that's a that's a serious quote from the film he's like (laughs) whoa sick sick man (laughs) yeah sick moves bro yeah and then he dabs <laughs> yeah, no dabbing happens. Oh, in this no. Film. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, some dabbing happens in this film. Um, it's by the trees. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's cool. Like it's just yeah, just weird, crazy stuff. Yeah, that's going on here. Um, did we we miss the bear? That's what we've missed. Uh, I think the bear's after that, no? Uh, the second bear is after that, but the first oh, bear is after that. Oh, yeah. So it's 
So they go to a little lighthouse before they go to the mess hall. And um, they find uh, something that's outside. They have a little chat about how, um, you know, this place ain't that dangerous or something. And then suddenly the bear comes out. Yeah. Bear attacks Shepard. And uh, snaps on the head. Carries her away for a picnic. Yep. Yeah. Uh, important note, this is a full bear at this point. We're talking big, big, big ass bear. Yeah. But does not look weird in any way, shape, or form at this point. Just kind of a giant bear. Mm-hmm. Um, takes it, drags her away. They find her on the way to the mess hall uh, and Shepard is completely dead. Just, and the voice box has been ripped out. Yeah. Just important note to put out there. The voice box has been ripped out. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so they find the mess hall and um, see the tape. Yeah. And um, then they go to the spot where the tape bit happened. In the pool mm. area. And they find the man is kind of merged with the pool in this kind of fungusy kind of thing. Yeah, he's like grown. He's kind of grown like a vine up the wall of, of this this pool room. Yeah. And his his legs are still on the floor. And it's all emanating from where they cut his belly open and his like torso and head are like way like meters higher than they should be. Yeah. And it's all just like a big old mess of like plant and human. And it's a very strange thing. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's a really good shot. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, I was, I was saying earlier that was the uh, like the picture for the on, on Netflix. Yeah. To kind of drag you in and it, it got me. That's why I watched it. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, what's this? Oh, what's this? What's that this? looks cool. What's this then?" Yeah, um, very good. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was kind of that was kind of like the big ones uh, of stuff that's going on there. A lot of lot of weird, yeah, a lot of weird cool stuff that's going on there. A lot of stuff that I just oh, fucking love. I think the only the only other scene I really want to talk about is the bear scene. Yeah, bear and then lighthouse, right? Bear and then lighthouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bear than Lighthouse, then we'll just get into the theories because I want to hear what you're yeah, yeah. thinking about this. Bear, bear scene. Uh, people start going crazy. Shit hits the fan. Everyone starts losing their minds. And then the uh, kind of addicty lady, what was her name? Do you know? Anya. That was it. Yeah. Um, she uh, starts losing it, starts staring at her hands, and she's like, oh, my fingerprints are moving. I didn't know. And then she starts and she finds the locket that um, Lena has mm. of Kane because he was on the video, obviously cutting this dude's open. She's like, what's going on? And uh, blind, she she like gags all of these people, ties them to the chair. And she's like, what the hell's going on? You're not lying to us. You don't know what's going on. Like start shouting. And she's like, my fingerprints are moving. I don't understand what's going on. I'm losing my mind. And everything's a bit crazy. And everyone's going to die except for, she hears a voice calling out in the garden. Yeah. And it's a shepherd. Yeah. Shepherd's voice. Screams. Screams. And she's like, what's going on? She runs outside. Because, oh, yeah, that was the point, is that she didn't believe there was a bear there. Yeah. She didn't. Like, she's like, I didn't see a bear. No one saw a bear. to take your word and you lied about your husband. Yeah. How do I know anything's real or anything? Well, she quickly finds out there actually was a bear. Yeah. Because the bear fucking kills her. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, and at this point, you get a real good look at this thing, and it's come out there, and it's got it's got like shepherd's voice, and it's screaming. All of her last moments are like p- 
permanently ingrained into this thing and yeah. it can use and manipulate her voice because it's kind of merged with this entity. And they talk about these hoxo genes. Hox, human hox genes. Human hox genes, which is like the genes that kind of formulate the the body. Yeah, well it's it's the a big big part of this film is those because this is all about kind of cells adapting and mutating and that the human hox gene is uh essentially flawed because it uh degenerates and expires. Yeah. Rather than most cells which just duplicate and go on forever. Yeah. Um so that's a big thing of it. So because this thing is merged with Shepard, it's absorbed her hox gene. So the next time you see the bear, it's literally decomposing yeah. at the point of yeah, attacking and mutating. It's it's kind of got half a skull coming out and Yeah, like the top weird. half of his head is just skull. Yeah. It's pretty pretty gross, but pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's kind of great. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, oh, it's just, oh, it's just, and this is the, we're talking about some serious gory bits where it just starts lashing into yeah. Anya and just go straight for the throat. Oh, bear attacks. No joke. Yeah. You so great. That. Practical effects as well. Pretty great. Yeah. There are some good bits. Visual there. effects. Oh, it's Very just good. all a mix mash, a mishmash of greatness. Yeah. Um, and I will let you go straight for the last one before we get yeah. into theories. Okay. Cause I want to hear, I want to hear you. So skipping this. forward a little bit, Josie, the physicist, has uh, gone and died. Done a die. Yeah. At this point. Uh, do- done a diddy. Done, done, a, done a not live. Uh, and Ven- Ventress. Ven- yeah, Dr. Ventress has run off. Yeah. And uh, you're not really sure where yet. Yeah. Um, Lena, Natalie Portman, uh, finally gets to the lighthouse, which is the site of the meteor crash. Uh, she gets into, well, first she sees a bunch of um, skeletons put outside, but they're sort of methodically placed in a kind of pattern. Yeah. And it's kind of like these are, you know, people who have already tried to to get here and they've just been placed there either as like graves or as warning or something. Um, she gets into the lighthouse and she sees a charred corpse. Um, oh, I'll mention quickly actually as well, where the meteors come in, there's like, uh, you know, a hole in the lighthouse where it's come in and there's a there's a hole in inside the lighthouse where it's gone further into the ground. Um, it's kind of sprouting this kind of weird vine tentacly looking thing all around the um all around the entrance. Kind of looks like of, bony vine? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of like bony. Yeah, it's it's just very, very strange looking thing. Uh that'll come up later. Um so she finds this charred corpse. She also finds a video camera with a tape still in it. Yeah. She watches the tape. Um, she sees Kane sitting where the corpse is sitting. Um, he is talking to someone else. He's kind of um, going through an existential crisis, kind of explaining, you know, I don't know if even if I am Kane or if I'm something else or blah, blah, blah. Uh, he then says to whoever's behind the camera, um, you need to go out and find Lena, basically. Um, and you hear his voice again say, yeah, of course, or whatever. You know, it, it replies with a, a yes. And then walks in front of the camera and it's Kane again. And you're like, two Canes? Yeah. What's going on? After the first Kane lights a phosphorus yeah. grenade. He goes, you ever seen a phosphorus grenade go off? It's pretty bright. And kabang! Yeah. He's on fire. Yeah. Uh, the other Kane's kind of looking 
sort of looking confused, not really sure what's happening. Um, and then I think he just walks off, doesn't he? He's, yeah. He's on his way back out of the shimmer. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that that's the cane to re- that returned her at the yeah. start of the film. Yeah. Um, she then hears a couple of shouts coming from this hole that's going deep into the ground in the lighthouse. Uh, she follows it down like, you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. of course. Yeah, sure. Just go in there. You got on this far. Yeah, why not? Um, she goes in there. She sees Dr. Ventress with her back turned to her. Um, you get a shot of Dr. Ventress um, from, the front. from the front and she has no eyes again will be important later she has face yeah she she got it's just like skin where her eyes should be kind of thing yeah um when she turns around to face lena then her face is normal similar to the under the skin kind of portrait of that yeah that humanoid it is a bit actually isn't it Yeah. yeah um yeah so then she faces her she kind of um says like this thing it's it's not like us it's not anything like us and then um basically like vomits light out of her oh my god it's so which is a really cool scene yeah and then the light kind of swirls around a bit and then turns into this weird um shapeless entity uh which is it's kind of got like a an open mouth at the front like a big circular thing it's like a it's kind of like a black hole actually yeah right um like a magmany, magmary type. Yeah. Rocky yeah. center, but it's just constantly changing and evolving into something. Yeah. Um, and then the my favorite part of the film is the noise it makes. It's so good. <laughs> and it uh it's yeah, so it's like some weird synth, but it's it's you know, it's obvious that this thing is trying to con like communicate with Lena. Yeah. Her eyes kind of light up in a weird way. She's sort of hypnotized, goes towards it. It basically draws a, a drop of blood from her face and it goes into this sort of black hole magmary thing, um, which then has this big me- metamorphosis into uh, what I'm going to stri- describe as the tinfoil person. The tinfoil person. <laughs> Just like a shiny, um, chromey kind of looking uh, humanoid figure. Yeah. Um. Lena runs out of the hole into where the the main lighthouse room. The thing follows her. Um, she tries to attack it. It knocks her out. Yeah. Uh, just cuts to black there. I think doesn't it? And then it and then it fades back in. Yeah. As she's waking up, and the tinfoil person is still up at this point. Sees that she's getting up and runs to the ground. Yeah. To mimic her and look as if. Mimic her waking up. We mimic her waking up. Yeah. And it kind of does this weird point where it's kind of, you're not sure whether it's kind of imitating her, if it's actually copying her, or if it's, but it's kind of, it's kind of implied that it's pretending. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's pretending. Yeah. I think it's toying with her at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of a great scene of, of this thing mirroring all her movements and it's done it's not done with CGI. This is like a person in a suit mirroring. So it's it's nice because it's not, you know, mirror perfect. It is something copying. So there is like discrepancies in the timing of how they're doing it and stuff, which just, I don't know, just kind of draws you in a bit more. I think oh, yeah. it's just, it just makes it look, it just works. It's just way better. Um, She tries to run away and the thing stops her running away by doing yeah. a really awkward, like wool squeeze move. Crush. Yeah, just yeah. wishes her against the wall. Yeah. And then she's out again, isn't she? Yeah. It's knocked out again. 
Um, and uh, you take you take it from here. Yeah. So basically, as they as as they're getting up, she um she realizes like she's gonna have a harder time to get out of this place that she can, and uh this entity just kind of like still toying with her, still kind of realizing, um, kind of learning, I guess, or just kind of mimicking her. Um, they they get up and she starts she starts moving with it and you know trying to find desperately trying to find a way out. So she goes and then she decides she's going to kind of take a different approach. Grabs it by the hand. At that point, when she grabs it by the hand, it starts changing form. Which is gross. Um, super, super <laughs> gross. Starts changing into her. So yeah. she reaches down next to the corpse that was there earlier of her husband and grabs another phosphorus grate. Places it in the entity's hand. It has no idea what's going on. And just pulls the trigger, waits for a little bit and just bolts yeah as it's going off and this thing just kind of absorbs the phosphorus and it just starts absorbing all the fire looking confused not really sure what's going on and then just starts seeing its hands on fire starts placing them around to not because it's never seen fire before doesn't know yeah, how to react it doesn't know what it's doing doesn't know what it's doing so suddenly the whole place lights up everything's going on fire it's starting to get like super super flamey now and it's not not having a good time, so it runs back down to its little hidey hole, and suddenly the whole place burns down. She runs out, she looks out, and the whole of the shimmer in a really really cool shot um, just starts disintegrating like fire, just falling down. Like bits of these crystal trees are just just flaming up and just falling to the ground. It's really cool. Um, and so, yeah, and then it cuts back to this interview that's kind of been cross-cut throughout the whole film um, where she's being interrogated after she's already come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just basically talking about, you know, her decisions, why she did what she did, you know, why, um, uh, whether she came back or what she saw, how she can explain certain things. Um, and she just kind of says that, she, you know, she wants to go home. There's a little glass of water that's next to her that she never takes a sip of until right at the end. Yep. Takes a little tiniest, tiniest little sip you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she gets notified that Kane's okay and he's in the next door and he's lucid. Um, so she goes and she sees him. They have an embrace and she says, you're not Kane. And he's like, are you Lena? And it's left open yeah, as to whether it is the same Lena that we got back. Or something else. Yeah. Whether she's mutated or whether she's a clone. Who knows? Yeah. Let's jump into theories. <laughs> okay. I want to hear what you got to say about this. All right. Uh, well, where do I, where shall I start? I'll just, well, I've got like a few just little, little silly notes before we get into it. I, I just, I, this is your bit, man. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I just want to hear what you got. <laughs> okay. So, um, first of all, I'd mentioned before the shimmer also represents a tumor. Yeah. Um, so there's many theories going round that, uh, the whole films are kind of metaphor for getting through, uh, you know, you know, cancer, you know, fighting it and whatever. And at the end, Lena comes out and she's not the same person, which falls in with the boat scene that you were mentioning earlier. Um, that's a, a well sort of thought out thing. And I think that's very intentional. Uh, biggest theme in the film is self-destruction and that's seen in every character in there. Um, 
it's, it's easy enough to find it through everything. Also, it is no coincidence, and it's not really a coincidence in any film, when a character is called Kane. Something unfair will happen to them every time. Um, uh, this one's just a bit a bit trickier to pin down. Um, so why why is it so why is it no coincidence? What's the story behind the the what the name Cain? Oh, Cain okay. and Abel. Cain and Abel. Mm, the biblical yeah. thing. So Abel was like the one that uh, you know God um, preferred, and he had like basically a perfect life. And then Cain was jealous and killed Abel. And then all men are from Cain because we all have flaws. That's basically what it is. Uh, right, and the, the lesson is just like, sometimes the world's unfair, but hey. Gotta love, <laughs> gotta love those biblical references. <laughs> sweet. All right. But, sweet. Yeah. So whenever anyone's called Cain in a film, something's going to happen to them. Yeah. Right? Or they're going to do something stupid. Even. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's those theories. Uh, just point out as well at the end of the interview scene where she takes that little sip of water. She puts the water glass back down. You see the water on the glass mutating. Yes, that's what it was. Which is pretty cool. So it's obvious she's been affected by this thing. Um, in the original film, it was going to be left more ambiguous as to which one of them exits the lighthouse. But I think, um, you know, the movie studio or whoever put their foot down a bit and went, well, we need something a little bit concrete if you're going to leave the ending open. Yeah. Um, yeah fair enough. You know, um, I think that might have been kind of nice just to add to the intrigue but i understand people might get a bit annoyed with that uh yeah and it just kind of it just they did it in the nicest way possible in the most classiest yeah. way possible yeah it, it it doesn't ruin it at all yeah um so well what, what do you what do you think what do you reckon about this film like you said my big one all right okay like you said biggest theme self-destruction mm-hmm. we see her throughout the flashbacks talking about her affair before her husband even gone on this mission or it even disappeared. We see Josie just, obviously she's hurt herself in the past and it's kind of uh, her method. The person in the boat that I was talking about earlier had lost a child. They'd obviously kind of shut themselves off as a result of that. Uh, the psychologist, Ventress. Ven- Ventress. Ventress. I yep. keep, yeah. Ventress gets, uh, has basically got cancer and she's going to die. So she's, she's, resigning to this kind of mission. So I would say that at its core, this film is about, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of an obvious read, but it's about self-destruction. It's about mutation. It's about Mm -hmm. change. It's about going into an experience and not coming out the same way as a result of it. And an exploration into that and how that affects each person differently. Yeah. Um, and just kind of an exploration into how, yeah, it's kind of survivor's guilt as well. A lot of guilt plays out into it. And just mainly how we hold on to that. Yeah. And it's kind of a reluctant to change. Um, but, you know, maybe we shouldn't be. Maybe we should be. It's a discussion. Let's open up to that. That's kind of my read. It's not really, not really, not really big, like, um, or very in depth. It's just kind of what I gather from my couple of viewings taken out of it. I'm more interested in the the big one, as you say. What you got? Well, um, I mean, pra- on a practical kind of standing, I agree with you. That's must be what the film's about, right? Yeah. However, with 
every single damn sci-fi horror film we watch, I have to bring up Lovecraft. Yes! Because I always do. Yes. I just can't help myself. Um, so, while we were watching this film, I decided to just like pretend to be a detective in New England, figuring out which one of the great old ones is behind this. Okay, great. And I've got it. I've got him nailed. All right, All good. Right? And first, uh, the first revelation is is not a great old one. It is an outer one, which is an outer god, sorry, which is the gods of the great old ones. Wow. Okay, so how familiar are you with Lovecrafty Cthulhu missile uh, stuff? No, a little bit. Haven't read yep. any of the books, but interested in that world, that mm. method of storytelling. Uh, but in terms of actually reading it, haven't gone round. Yeah. So I understand like great old ones, Cthulhu, Fear of the Unknown, and that's pretty much yep. the big, the big one. I mean, there's so many authors um, aside from H.P. Lovecraft that has carried on this. Uh, mythos and legacy well yeah basically um, every horror film is well just like yeah owes a debt to lovecraft but i would say anyone who is kind of like oh that sounds kind of interesting i would say um get get an hp lovecraft thing of like you know a collection of his best short stories and also read alan moore's graphic novel neonomicon cool because that is he did watchman yeah uh so that's all you need to know about that yeah um he's really good at storytelling and me for vendetta great yeah from hell yeah all of it um swamp thing if you want to get into that yes <laughs> mate oh, killing yeah. joke i'm gonna oh. keep i'll stop um great but so that's really good that's a really good modernization of it um because it, it is a bit kind of uh dusty now from you know it was made in the 1910s 1920s um so that's a I so it's like a re that. it's like an adaption of it it's just, uh, yeah, it's a carrying on of it, but it, it it explains the whole world as well. So you oh, don't sweet. you don't need to know a lot about it. You can just jump into this graphic novel, and it's it's got great illustrations. It's got a great story. Oh, I'm definitely. It's kind of like a kind of like a crime noir thing Ooh. with crazy fish people and weird technical gods and God knows what else. Right? Sounds fun. Um. So anyway, uh, the the one behind this is Azathoth. Okay. You ever heard of him? No. Okay. He is a deity in the Cthulhu mythos. And in the Dream Cycle, which is another um, collection of stories that H.P. Lovecraft did, which is about a um, another dimension that you can only enter through your subconscious. And it's like a real place and it's controlled by all these crazy unknown gods and monsters and all this stuff. Cool. Um, so with that, uh, Azathoth, is also known as the nuclear chaos. Oh wow! Yeah, and the blind idiot god. Oh wow! Which you get a lot of themes of both of those Towards aliases. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nuclear chaos is just it the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the blind idiot god, uh, the bear is blind. Yeah. Um, Doctor Ventress is blind. Yeah. At the end, uh, there's loads of that stuff going on. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of shots of eyes and things like that, and it represents, you know, further knowledge coming in and and all sorts. So that fits in well. Um, the traits of Azathoth is he is always changing form. He is formless. He's always changing, reshaping. He uh, haunts dreams, and he lures people to the throne of Azathoth 
at the center of the ultimate chaos, which is the lighthouse. Yeah. Right. That's pretty great. <laughs> to, for, that, for that person to then take a new name under him, which oh, would be the mimic. mimic. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, so with that, and bearing in mind the, the Dreamlands uh, uh, dimension yeah. going on, uh, the Shimmer, I reckon you can you can relate to the Dreamlands. And the Dreamlands, the you can only enter this through the subconscious and humans can only enter it through sleep. And the fact that when they enter it, they black out for six days seems like a kind of a, a fit there. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So there's a lot of a lot of influence here. So I just thought it was kind of fun. Um so you've got uh yeah, the hole in the lighthouse, the lighthouse um Oh yeah, all the holes. I'll put this up on the Twitter. Um, the holes in the lighthouse I brought up earlier, with the um, kind of you call them like bone, uh, bone structurey tentacle things coming yeah. out. They look like illustrations of Azathoth that are put in the uh, the Cthulhu Mythos and stuff. So I'll put like some side by sides on the on the Twitter. Uh, they they look very much like that. And um, so, yeah, entering the dimension through sleep confirm six day blackout when they enter the shimmer and most enter uh, the dreamlands from the west into the enchanted woods that really fits with some of the kind of easter eggy things that are in the film as well the yeah. dreamlandy stuff with the flashbacks um sort of set situation so you've got the scene with um oscar isaac on the bed and we picked up on the tattoo of the bear yeah that is foreshadowing the actual yeah, yeah mutated bear that comes out and it literally looks exactly the same on his shoulder yeah as he's coming out as well as the tattoo that she kind of almost inherits mm-hmm. of um the avanya of yeah. the snake eating itself um that she gets on her arm as well those kind of through dream state yeah, yeah, and it's the a kind of thing. dreamy film, right? Yeah. And um, you know, also with it, with uh, one of his aliases being the blind idiot god, you've got the mimic at the end. Like you know, it's trying to like mess with Lena, but it's kind of crap at it as well. It's yeah. not. It it never has a plan. It's just chaos and yeah. that kind of thing. So that also fits in. Um, I think whoa, there was one more thing I wanted, but it's gone out of my head now. It's gone, no. it's gone, it's gone. It might come back in a minute. But um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what well, I just thought it was fun to kind of pin it that's down. so good. So I'm putting the blame it. on Azathoth. Azathoth is the yeah. entity. Oh, this is it. So from because it was a meteor from the sky going into Earth. Yeah. Uh, the outer gods in the Cthulhu Mythos are, they are um, been pushed back and confined to living in the stars. <sighs> You've just nailed it, haven't you? So... It all adds up. It all adds up. Book him. I'm throwing the book at him. Lovecraft did it first. Yeah. There you go. There you are. Um, right. Let's do it. We're getting in there. Yeah. It's brew time. Get your, ch- <laughs> it's get time, your charts out. Time for the brew review. Kind Time for that brew review. Uh, so, well, I mean, I'm going to give it a pretty good store because obviously I like cosmic horror. I like yep. sci-fi. Yep. 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 Uh, I like all of these things. I yep. like things that make weird synth noises when they try to talk to you. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, warm, warm, warm. Um, bearing in mind that IMDb has it as a 6.9, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, for me, I would like to put it a bit higher 
Um, I really enjoy this film. There's a lot to kind of dig out of it, which I always find nice in films. I like to kind of, I like to make my own thing of it anyway. Uh, I think, you know, I think I'm going to give it an L Grey. You know what? Yeah. Me too. Second from the top. 8.52. 8.52. Second in place. Thank you, Earl Grey. Very cool. Yeah. There's so much to get out of it. There's yeah. a really cool world. There's, um, uh, there's a, this so much to get. It really, it really kind of warrants multiple viewings. Yeah. yeah. We jumped into it. And it the rewards time. them. And it rewards them. There's more to get out of it. There's so much more to see. Mm. Um and the story in it, there's just so so much more to pick out. You get different viewings, different ways to read it if you watch it more than once. So, um, for that factor alone, eight point five two. Yeah, big fan, big fan of it. Thank solid, you, great, very film. cool. Yeah, big fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. If you want to reach the show and let us know how you uh whether you agree with our takes, disagree, uh, you enjoy those reviews that we read out at the start, those hate mails. You want to send us a little bit of uh. Uh, thoughts, feelings, comments, concerns, or uh, suggestions for the next one. Reach us on Twitter at the Movie Brew, uh, Facebook.com slash the Movie Brew. We've got a website up as well, themoviebrew.com. Uh, send us an email for your longer stuff at hello at themoviebrew.com. And um, yeah, if you've got a sec, send us a little review on Apple Podcasts because we could do with those. Give us a little five stars. Let us know what's going on. Next week, I think. Uh, we might be talking about um, a newer film, the old Rocket Man. Oh yeah, yeah. So, Hopefully we can get out, see it, and we can tell you guys what we think. If not, then I've just lied to you, and we'll be watching something else and talking about something else on the podcast. Oh, but how dare you? Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all things considered, we'll be um, talking about that. So, but yeah. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Movie Brew, and we'll catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.